0: It was so powerful. And all of us that were here have witnessed that. And it was just a moving moment of God. And, you know, and I'm seeing more and more as people are catching on to this message about how important it is to be last. You know, and you put God first and you follow God faithfully. And, and when we put God first and others ahead of ourselves and, and then put ourselves on down there, then, listen, everything begins to line up. You know, it's kind of corny, but that acronym, joy, Jesus, others, and you, it works, okay? But if you have Jesus, then you put others, and then you put you, then you can see the joy of God begin to work in your life. Well, listen, I'm going to go ahead and read our text for you today. And it's kind of a, it's a, a text that's pretty amazing because it came out of a question that was asked by one of the apostles, one of the disciples, who was Peter and if you knew much about peter peter was kind of the spokesman for the twelve and he was a fisherman and he was a redneck i mean peter was just one of those that would say you know he was like a bull in a china cabinet he would just say something it was just right off the top of his head and you gotta love people like peter but peter asked a question to jesus and it was found in chapter nineteen verse twenty seven and peter said to jesus he said "Behold." He said, Jesus, we've left everything and followed you. What then will there be for us? So that's the question that Peter raised. In other words, he's saying to Jesus, all right, we've left everything. What's going to be our reward? What's in it for us? Okay. So when you think about it, Jesus goes on to explain some things right here about Hey, listen, anyone who leaves houses, home, mother, father, farms, whatever, is going to inherit a whole lot more, which is eternal life. So we're going to see some great truths. So we've got to understand in this parable of the landowner and the parable of the laborers, what's at stake here? What's really at stake with being being last? So let me pick up here in verse 1. He gives this parable. He says... For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those he said, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. And so they went. Again, he went out about the 6th and the ninth hour, and he did the same thing. And about the 11th hour, which I'll get to that in a minute, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day long? And they said to him, Because no one hired us. And he said to them, You go into the vineyard too. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers, and pay them their wages, beginning with the last group to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each one received a denarius. And when those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, guess what? They grumbled at the landowner, saying, these last men have worked only one hour. And you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day. But he answered and said to them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go. But I wish to give to this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? That's a great question. Or is your eye envious because I am generous? So the last shall be first, and the first last. Well I don't know if you've ever read this parable and wondered, what in the world is he talking about here? Well, this one took a lot of reading, a lot of studying, a lot of going over and over to get what is the meaning of this text and what it's all about. Listen, I want to tell you a story. Before we get into it, uh, when I was a, a young boy, about 11 or 12, I'd heard down uh, in, uh, I was gr- grew up in middle Georgia, and I heard that out uh, on a farm, there was a man that had a squash field, it had a big old squash field, like 50 acres, and I heard that there was a man out there that was old at the time, uh, he was in his 50s, okay, so I heard an old man out there in his fifties could pick enough squash to make $50 a day. And I was like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm 12, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in that age group. And I, all I heard was $50 a day. That's all I heard. And so I'm like, hey, I can pick squash with the best of them. I can go and, you know, if a 50 year old man can do it, I can do it. I remember, and I don't know if you've ever picked squash before, Anybody in the room ever pick squash in this room? <laughs> Some of you, do you know what squash is? <laughs> you know, it is a sport, I think, but anyway. But squash, you might love to eat them, but I grow them in my garden every year. But when you go to pick squash, you better not wear shorts and short sleeves. Amen? Because if you do, they got something on you, on them, and, it's, and those leaves that's going to cause you to itch for for hours, and you'll keep on itching, you know, from it. So you got to put on long plants, you got to have a long s- sleeves on, and I don't have to tell you, but the summers in middle Georgia are hot. And we get out there, and we go to picking squash, and this, this old man's out there picking, and he's out there singing. He started singing his Picking them squash. I'm a-picking them squash. I mean, he's just out there singing that old song, and I'm over here, you know, looking for him under moving the leaves. and I'm getting them, and I'm going. They had this little basket, and here's what happened: you take that little basket, and you would put your squash in it. And then you take them to the truck, and when you got to that truck to dump them, they would give you a ticket. And so I was picking that whole morning, and I ended up with six tickets. Is what I had six tickets. So I I picked for about three hours. I picked six basketfuls of squash, and I thought I was doing pretty good until payday came. We went up there at noontime, and I come to find out that each ticket was worth a quarter. I had a dollar and fifty cents for working my. that morning all right (laughs) for working my tail off that morning, and you know what that's the hardest dollar and 50 I've ever earned in my life now my mama tells me she picked cotton all day for 25 cents and I, I believe her I know my mama wouldn't lie to me but you know but back then for a quarter you could go to the movie theater and get you a drink and some popcorn and everything else for one quarter is that true I got some witnesses in the room okay that was true but, you know, $1.50 won't get you a whole lot. But that was in the early 1970s. But I'll never forget. And I was like, this is bogus. That man made $50. I'm thinking some of his grandkids or whatever, and his kids are bringing him tickets and handing them to him. Okay, that's what I was thinking. But I was like, this isn't fair. This doesn't seem right. I worked like crazy. And I didn't get $50. I only got $1.50. Because why? Each ticket was worth a quarter, and I had six of them. So, my squash-picking days ended fast, all right? Amen? I was done picking squash. But let's see, how does that relate to what I've got to share with you today? Jesus gives a parable because they want to know what's in it for us. What's going to be the reward? And Jesus tells them a story. And what you need to understand as we get into this story is these things. Here it is. The vineyard... The field here is the kingdom of God. You need to understand that. The vineyard is the kingdom of God. The landowner is none other than God Himself. The laborers are believers, they're believers. The workday is a believer's lifetime. The denarius represents eternal life. And the evening, the end of the day, is eternity. When Jesus goes out, when Jesus tells this parable about the landowner going out, in the Jewish day, the day began, the work day began at 6 a.m. Some of us might be thinking, man, that's early. It did. Their day was from 6 o'clock in the morning all the way up to 6 p.m. in the afternoon. It was a 12-hour day. Jesus said these words, are there not 12 hours in a day? And so that's where it began. And so what these workers were, these were just day-by-day workers. And so a lot of them, they were just looking to get something for that day. A lot of them were poor. A lot of them were just above beggars. But they would go to the, into the marketplace to try to find work. How many of you've ever gone over to a Home Depot early in the morning? You ever gone over to a Home Depot? What do you see? You see what? You see people over there waiting to see if somebody's going to come by and needs work to pick them up. Now, I'm not going to get into if they're legal or all that stuff. That's another subject. But, but they're out there. They're looking for work. I remember when I drove a bus in Gwinnett County. And I used to go in Duluth around a Dairy Queen. There would be hundreds of workers there looking for work. But they were willing to work. They wanted to work. They they weren't just sitting at home going, Man, give me something. Feed me something. They were at least willing to work. So here here we have people at 6 a.m. in the morning. And Jesus gives this parable that the landowner, representing God, gives an agreement with you. You come to work in my field, and I'm going to give you a denarius. Now, what is a denarius? Denarius was a Roman silver coin of the day. It was worth, it was the equivalent of a day's wages for a Roman soldier. Now, that was big. That was really big for them to to get paid what a Roman soldier, because the Roman soldier's pay grade was a lot higher than what they should have been receiving. So God, represented by the landowner, was being generous to them by offering to hire them for a denarius for the day. So the parable continues. Uh, It says, it, it gives us the example right here. It says the third hour. So what's the third hour? If the day began at six... A.M. The third hour is nine o'clock in the morning. So, the parable continues. The landowner comes back. He looks in the square and he finds some there, and so he agrees. It, well, he did, he didn't even make an agreement. They just said he just said, "Go into the field, and I'll give you what's fair." Well, in the parable, they must have thought he was wealthy enough to take care of the needs, because they went into the field. And then it says he went. At the sixth hour, in the ninth hour, that being 12 o'clock, in the heat of the day. And then he went at three o'clock, at, in the afternoon, and he still found others, and he said the same thing to them Go, and I'll give you whatever is spare. And then finally, at the 11th hour, <laughs> at the 11th hour, guess what time? Some of y'all math people, well, what's the 11th hour? It's 5 o'clock, and everybody knows it's 5 o'clock somewhere, don't we? All right? We all know it's 5 o'clock somewhere. I couldn't help resist that one, but, you know, it was 5 o'clock somewhere, but at 5 o'clock, here were some people standing around, and the landowner comes and says, What have you been doing standing here all day idle? And they were like, Wait, 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 wait wait a minute. We've been, uh, we've been looking for work, but nobody hired us. And so he said, You go. You go into the field. And so they went in into the field. And they worked for one hour. And so we pick up right here in the story, and this is kind of cool. That important thing that happened to the, in the Jewish teachings of, of when people went to work for you and they were day workers was that you had to pay them at the end of the day. I want to quote with you, uh, quote to you Leviticus chapter 19 verse 13. It says this, you shall not oppress your neighbor nor rob him. The wages of a hired man are not to remain with you all night until morning. That's Leviticus chapter 19 verse 13. In other words, their custom was because these people were working, were poor and needy, and they were relying on that pay for that day to provide for their needs and food and basic necessities. So... God commanded them, you are not to hold on to the money. You are to pay them at the end of the day. Okay, so that's very significant here. And so the pay time comes. We pick up here and we see in verse 8, When evening came, came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last group. To the first. Now this is significant because you would have thought he would have started with the first ones that had worked all day, but he started with the last. And he brings in these people over here that worked for one hour, and he gives them a denarius, a whole day's wages for one hour. Man, could you imagine how they must have felt? Wow, man, this is awesome. The landowner here is very generous to me. He's very gracious to me to give me a whole day's pay for just one hour. Wow. And you can only imagine now the ones that had started at 6 o'clock. They're going, whoa. See, he did this to reveal this to them. They got to see this. And so there, I'm sitting over there going, all right, if they got, I would be thinking, I do the math, if they got a whole day's wages for one hour, I'm going to get 12 because I work 12 hours. That would be what I would be thinking. But then the foreman continues to pay. And he finally gets to the first group and he gives them the denarius, denarius as well. And so they got paid that same. And guess what? They grumbled. Hey, would you have grumbled? If you saw all of this, because you might be going, that's not fair. That's not fair that he's getting the same pay. And he was last to go in the field. And man, I've been out here working all day. I've been out here in the scorching heat. I've been out here in the blazing sun. And you're going to give me the same pay. Well, guess what? In the parable, the landowner says, hey, didn't we not have a good agreement? Did you not agree to this? And they, they didn't answer, but the answer is yes. D- am I not giving you what's yours and what's fair to you? Yeah. So can you see how, I don't know if you've ever really understood this parable like this, but can you see how this ties into when Peter asks this question, what's in it for us? Because listen, Peter and those boys spent three years with Jesus. And they're, they're going to face some tough times. And even Peter was crucified upside down because he was going to be crucified. And tradition says he didn't want to be crucified the same way Jesus was. So he said, turn me upside down. And lots of those followers of Jesus, man, they, they suffered some tough deaths. And what's being portrayed here right here is Peter saying what is it in it for us? And Jesus is trying to teach his disciples and all of us as believers. And a very important truth in this parable. Because the parable is about the kingdom of God. And it's about eternity. And you know there was one who, who was on the cross. Who saw Jesus that day there were two thieves on the cross but one acknowledged that he was guilty one acknowledged that he had done wrong one acknowledged that he was deserving of death And Jesus when he when this one saw all of that he said to Jesus today would you remember me when you enter into your kingdom and Jesus responded to him and said today you'll be with me in paradise Wow. I'm going to tell you, that's the last hour person right there, wasn't it? That's the last hour. He, that thief on the cross is going to get to spend eternity with God in the presence of God. And yes, the worker who started at the very beginning and has worked his entire life for the kingdom of God, he's going to get to spend eternity with God. But here's the thing, y'all. We can't be... No matter where you get in on the journey, you be thankful that God is generous to you. Because, listen, in this parable, none of us, none of us were worthy to be hired by God. None of us were worthy to be invited into the field. None of us were worthy. But the landowner is willing to invite you. So I'm going to give you some key thoughts as I wrap up this time with you this morning. And here they are. Number one, God is generous to everyone. God is gracious. This word right here, generous, actually means good. Do you know how good God is? Do you know how just God is? Do you know how holy God is to be able to offer this to each and every one of us? Because none of us deserve it, but God is generous to us. And He's willing to extend this offer to us. And that's the first thing. We, I, I got out of this here's the second thing God continues to call people into his kingdom doesn't matter if it's the first hour the third the sixth the ninth even the eleventh hour God is still willing and still calling and inviting people into his kingdom have you ever seen someone have a deathbed experience have you ever known one that had a deathbed experience in other words, while they were on their deathbed, they finally realized everything flashed before their life. And they finally realized that if they died, they were going to spend an eternity apart from God. And in that moment, they surrendered their life. Like Frankie did a few weeks ago, he surrendered everything. But in that deathbed moment, they surrendered. And so, yes. They surrendered. And yes, they get to go into the kingdom of God. There we're in the last hour. So, this parable is not about rewards. This parable is about the kingdom of God. And so, that deathbed experienced person still gets the joy of knowing that they'll spend forever with God. And listen, the only alternative to that is forever without God and and that's called a place called hell and that is going to be tragic because listen this world is an evil place and it's getting more evil but there's nothing in comparison to what hell is going to be my friend because where the worm never dies and the in the fire never qu- is quenched in, in pain and ang- anguish and everything associated with it you know I call hell is going to be an eternal stump your little toe, okay? Have you ever gotten up at night and hit your little toe on something walking through a room? Every feeling and every emotion in your being just goes, "Mm!" That's the way hell is going to be forever. Because it says weeping and gnashing of teeth. So just gnash your teeth a little bit. Just put your teeth together and grit them. That is an eternity of that kind of pain and torment. And so what God is saying in this, And this parable is, I have the right to invite anybody I want to, to enter into the kingdom. And so if you entered in at the 6 o'clock hour or the 9 o'clock hour, that's great. But if you entered in even at the 5 o'clock hour, you're still in. So that's what he's teaching us here. Here's the next thing. The laborers recognized their need and they were willing. And this gets back to all of our... Us realizing that, hey, we're not even worthy to be a part of the kingdom. But God in his generosity and his graciousness has invited us to come into his kingdom. And here's the next truth. Everyone who comes into the kingdom is working. Everyone. Everyone who comes into the kingdom is working. They go out into the field. They labor into the field. And you know what? You might not... Think that you were working the thief on the cross do you think he was working he only had a few hours but you know what he did is still working to today it is what he did by responding to Jesus on that cross is still being talked about to this day and even like our sweet Mary she served with her kids in school Someone told me they knew her back when she was at Hope, Christian. And she coached. She did things. She, She served in Awana. She served with the youth. She served in all kinds of other ministries after she got invited into the field. And even though it got toward the end, and it got toward the end of her life, and she felt like she couldn't do much out in the field, she could still pray. And you know, whenever we had any important meetings, I was texting Mary saying, Would you pray for this? And she would come back. Oh, yeah, I'll pray for it. Be glad to pray for it. But she was still serving in the kingdom. But that man, even the thief on the cross, his last few hours still speak to us. So they're willing to go and work. And here's the next one. And this is one of the most important God is generous, and he gives more than we could ever deserve. Amen. God is a generous and a good God. It's just the offer to come be a part of his kingdom is more generous and more deserving than any of us could ever deserve. You see, salvation can't be earned. It can't be worked for. It can only be received. It can only be humbly received by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So I want to close with two questions, and they are this. What is your response to God's generous offer to come into his kingdom? What is your personal response to God's generous offer to come into his kingdom? Have you said yes? Well, you know, I don't know how old you are. I don't know how old. I don't know how much longer you got to be here. But his invitation is out to you. Would you come be a part of my kingdom? Would you? And you know, you might be 20 years old, you might be 40 years old, you might be 60 years old. Heck, I know some people at 80 years old that eventually realized and they came into the kingdom. But no matter what your age is, have you responded personally to that invitation from God? He wants you to be a part of his kingdom. And then here's the other one. What And this is for all of us believers, in, including myself. What is, what is your attitude? What is my attitude toward others who have received God's generosity? What is my attitude toward others who've received it? Have you ever uh, known someone and you really didn't like them and then they got saved? And you were going, man, man, I knew God would forgive them. I just hadn't forgiven them. You ever had anybody like that in your life? You, you, or even you thought that person is so mean or so evil, ain't, God couldn't even save them. But then God did it. And then what do you, what's your attitude toward that? How, you, how did you respond? The attitude shouldn't be of e- evil or envy. It should be what? Thank God, I rejoice! That you've come into the kingdom. Man, I praise God that you're in it. I'm not over here going to beat you up about your past or what you've done or what you look like or how you act. I'm just excited. And whether you come in at the last hour or the first, I'm excited that you're in the kingdom. Wow. But you know, there's a lot of people that hate in this world right now. And it's, all that hate is based on all kinds of cultural issues. The Jews hated the Samaritans and all of that. But how should a, a a true person who's been born and invited into the kingdom, how should we respond when someone else comes into the kingdom? Our attitude should be, oh God, I'm so thankful that I was invited to come and work. I'm so thankful I was a part of to be a part of your kingdom. And so I welcome this brother or this sister as well in the kingdom of God y'all this is what he's talking about and this is how he's relating but what is what is our response what is our attitude and how are we going to continue to live that out you know I close by going back to my story you know what I could have I could have said it's not fair I only got $1.50. I want fifty. But what if that landowner that day, what if that owner of that squash field had come up and handed me $50 that day? Hmm. Well, the others would have said, hey, he didn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. But would I have, how would I have responded that day? I would have went, no, I didn't earn it. I worked hard, but I couldn't earn it. I I didn't get there. I didn't measure up. But listen, y'all, God is way bigger than a squash field example. But God is generous. God is good. And God has extended an offer of what it means. Those who are first will be last. And those that are last will be first. Let's pray.